Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about well i i, I totally apologize i had absolutely no idea that this is a master story i would i i was because when i said last week um there's one extra alien i didn't because re- when i was you first mentioned it i didn't realize you hadn't seen it ever so i thought i i, I, I hope he doesn't realize or look before and realize it's a master story because i want to know at what point you tweaked it? Ah, well, I've been writing notes as I went, Excellent. you know. And, and I like I, your first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when <coughs> I am watching something for the first time, I'm scribbling away. I'm pausing and scribbling away. Um, and as I said last week, you know, I've had I, all I know about Time Flight is that they got a Concorde somehow. Yeah. And all I know of it is the photos of Peter Davison standing by a Concorde. That's, yes. that, that's my entire knowledge of this story yeah this 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 is a this is an amazing story really in that this was purely because yeah jnt negotiated that they could film for a day on concord and that you know between flights concord and also film in heathrow which is unheard of now i was watching it and thinking where's all the security Mm. but this this is also an intriguing story and it'll be interesting to see whether your your views line up with mine is I think there's there's a point in episode one that's the breaking point and from that point on it's almost uniformly rubbish oh this is interesting yeah this is uh, interesting. and I and I wrote down the point it is and I think I think at that point because <clears throat> weirdly just to sort of preempt it um, all the stuff on film, all the stuff that because obviously they went to Heathrow, they probably had a really lovely time, and you can tell because everyone's given a really nice performance. They're all buoyed up. The humour works. The, the the aircraft crew are quite pleasant and pleasurable in these bits uh, on episode one, and the the very last five minutes of episode four. When they're on film, they're great. As soon as they get into the studio, I don't know. It's like everyone's given up. Well, isn't it the case that they do location work first? First, yes. I think yeah. that's the answer. I think yeah. that is totally the answer because, uh, yeah, when we uh, get to behind the scenes, yeah, I've got a little snippet about that. Okay. I think they all started off with the best of intentions and yeah. then they got to the Rapidly, studio yeah. and the rot set in, I yeah, think. This, this is, um, if, whenever anyone asks Peter Davidson, this is his least favourite story. Yes, he yes. He thinks it's awful. Um, well, he's a, quite a clever man. <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be, it'll, like I say, it'll be interesting to see whether when I get to my bit in my notes where I say, this is the breaking point, it falls apart, whether it matches your view. Alright, well, let's, uh, let's get off to Heathrow and, uh, yeah. and, and start, shall we? Who are you? Power. 
shall be used for the great work we shall do together. We? Together we shall scourge the entirety of space and time. You can exclude me from your wizardry. <laughs> you cannot resist, Doctor. In this place all things of their Khalid. Come. Look. Vizan, Vizan, Zanominas. You see your friend? Vizan, Vizan. Your Captain Stuffley and his fellow mortals. Very impressive, Khalid. But your incantation is just triggering someone else's energy. You're not in control here. You're just as mortal as anyone else. Instantly dated, because we've got a Concord. Concord. That yeah. immediately dates it. You ever been on a Concord? Nope. I've, nope. I've been on... Uh, there was one... I went to an air show once, and you could go through Concord. And then there was also a Concord, weirdly, parked on... Uh, the aircraft carrier in New York Harbour. So went on it there. Incredibly small plane. I don't know. I don't know why it was ever considered luxurious. You were paying for the speed, mm. but the the actual comfort level. It's tiny. It's it's awful. You can you can't stand up in it. You can't really sit properly in it. It's tiny. Ah, well, that explains then because that, that that was a puzzle through this story. It's like the passengers. There's only about ten of them. Um, yeah. I'm used to you know aircraft having a couple of hundred people. Yeah, on board. We're, we're used to cattle class, aren't we? Where they yeah. just pile them on and push them on like Tokyo trains. Um, no, it's it's a tiny, tiny little aircraft. Like I say, it's really weird. You when you when you go to uh, if you go to New York and go to the um, I think it's called the Intrepid or something, the aircraft carrier. It's really good. There's a whole museum on board and right at the end of the the massive massive um sort of flight deck you, you see a plane you go it's concord and it's a real concord just sat there and you can go on it and go but why why, why why is it I, there i presume they probably bought it when they scrapped them all oh okay well yeah all right Okay, well, um, yeah, um, th this is 1981, I think, this, this, yes. this was, yes, and, and it's more the fag end of the 70s, because, you know, you see a, a genuine interior of the Concorde, yes. and it's so beige and so naffly horrible. It's like when you watch an episode of The Sweeney, everything's a grubby yeah. brown, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Everything it's... was in the 70s, wasn't it? We, we mentioned this on Blake Seven in character, that for us, the 70s was concrete. Mm. Everything was the colour of shitty concrete. It was all right to begin with. I mean, I'm old enough to remember glam rock yes, and, yeah. and all that, and it was a <coughs> colourful time, and then the mid-70s happened, and then punk, and then it went yeah. rapid decline into yeah, beigeness. Yeah, to me, the um, late 70s, early 80s, is. I just think of like how you imagine Soviet Russia in the 50s would have been. That's how yeah. I think it's just cues... No food, no electric. Concrete. Beige, concrete. Yeah, everyone depressed, no jobs. Um, but yeah, we, we we see some stock footage of Concorde flying about. And then we see uh, go into the cockpit, which they've cleverly don't bother looking out the windows because <laughs> you'd, you'd see the, the rest of Heathrow. Um, and it's very Close Encounters, I thought, this annex. It cuts back to the... Well, I've got yeah. Close Encounters oh, yeah. control room scene. Yeah. That's exactly what I've written. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I got that feeling. And Close Encounters was, what, 79? 79, yeah. Yeah, so would have been big, you see. I think they're, they're, they're 
Yeah, but Close Encounters, they used a real control room yeah. with As about 20, <laughs> 20 people. You've got two blokes in a cupboard yeah, here, look, haven't looking, you? Looking at presumably just a cardboard box. Mm. Um, and what's weird is I was watching it and they've, they've just got some stock footage of like uh, air traffic screens and that. And none of the call signs they're using on the planes match what's no. on that screen. No. I was thinking, well, what, why has it got like three call signs now? Uh, um, but then we cut a, a shocking cut to video straight into the TARDIS. And uh, uh, Adric's dead. Yeah, I've got Stroppy Tegan demands they go back in time and yeah. save Adric. I love that. Evidently, the, um, when they were filming this, they were pissing themselves. They couldn't take this seriously. So the, the director was getting increasingly um, distraught at them because they wouldn't take the scene seriously. But I love it when uh, T yeah, Tegan goes, you could go back. And Peter Davison goes, nah, I couldn't. <laughs> nah, nah, we're not, not doing that. Nah, I've put my slippers on now, sorry. Yeah, for any other companion, but not Adric. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, he's like Ad Adric died as he wanted to. Did he, though? <laughs> um, and then we get that, what now, to me, seems an absolute staple of the Davison area. I didn't realise it. Time. The time corridor. Mm. The TARDIS was always bumping into time corridors in Davison's time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was this the third or fourth one we've had? Yeah, and we're going to have one shortly afterwards with the uh, the last Tegan one. That was a time yes, corridor, yeah, it was a time wasn't corridor, it? Corridor, yeah, yeah. yeah. But corridors. but before this time corridor knackers them, I mean, the Doctor's yeah. going to take them to 1851, isn't he? Yeah. To Just the Great the Exhibition. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're, you're sad that your best mates died. Let's go to the thing. And I love that Tegan's immediately, oh, excellent! Yes. <laughs> Adder? Who? Yes. <laughs> So, all right, so the tar TARDIS throws a wobbly, because it's in yes. this time eddy thing, and it appears as a photo. Yeah, oh, God, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. That's a terrible. About 20 feet above a runway, but the scanner inside the TARDIS shows that they're, what, 300 feet up in the air? But they're yeah. not. They're about 20 feet above the runway. Also, I love the fact that the, um, the TARDIS scanner shows that they're not above a runway, doesn't it? It's like it's a shot, a helicopter shot from miles away. Yep. Yeah, and they're, they're right above uh, above a runway, and they're worried that a plane will hit yes. the TARDIS. So they reappear in one of the terminals, and somehow Tegan knows that this is, you know, like 1980, 1981. I don't know how she knows. I know she's a stewardess. Well, I, I, it's so long since I've seen Legopolis. I thought she was. it was her first day as a stewardess. She'd only just passed. Oh, yes, because her aunt's so taking her to... Uh, yeah, to, and to she's there, worried yes. that she'll, uh, she'll create a bad impression because she's late on her first day. Um, yeah, in this one, it's like she's, she's talking as if she's been a stewardess all my life. Like, it was your first day. How yeah. do you recognise all this stuff? Um, yeah, very, very strange. I do like these, um, this, these sequences in Heathrow, though. Like, it's... It, it's some classic stuff. So, yeah, the doctor runs out. So, hold on a minute, I gotta go out. And he's just getting a paper to have a look at the cricket stores. And then when all the security turns up, I love that he sort of goes, "Unit, unit, yes, unit. Who's in charge at the moment?" Yeah, great. I I, I enjoy all that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, and and that's when he's asked to help find out what's happened to yes. the to the missing Con Concord. And yeah, his, his scientific device, the TARDIS, is loaded sideways onto another Concorde so they can yeah. retrace the route. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I don't imagine that the baggage holds are that big in Concorde, to be honest. They might be, but I doubt it, given that 
given that the cross section of the plane is smaller than the TARDIS. Yes, yeah. Not sure how that works. Also, they go outside, and um, where's the snow come from? There wasn't any snow there <laughs> in the previous scene. We, we have it at the very end as well. You yes. know, the weather changes completely, yeah. Um, what, what gets me is, I mean, I guess it is a, it's a PR thing, all this, you know, yeah, the Concorde yeah. and everything. And so they're all golly gosh about the Concorde. Yeah. But, but isn't it marvellous? Isn't it great? But the Doctor and these companions have been on spaceships. Yeah. Why are they so knocked out by this? You I know? imagine you're, you're absolutely right. I imagine that the, one of the stipulations that you film in Concorde was you must constantly harp on about how amazing it is. Mm. Even later on, when they're, when they're repairing it now, and they're going, such a sturdy plane. It's like, who are you trying to convince? Well, I, I know, and again, I'll, I'll mention it later, I know of one instance where, yeah, BA said, no, there's got to be changes. So they yeah. did have oh, script right. approval, so oh, it wow. could be that they wanted, yeah, yeah some, some glowing endorsements. Can you, yeah, can you, can you, uh, can you mention Concord's sleek lines and wonderful in-flight meals, please? Yeah, it's, it's weird as well, because the... The, the, they turn up and they're, they're in a filthy, absolutely filthy Ford Cortina, aren't they? Yes. So, Jesus, you could have wiped <laughs> it down a bit. Yeah, well, it's, you know, fag end of the 70s. Yeah, fag end of the 70s. Um, the music, though, the music's terrible. Yeah, we've had a spate of this yeah. just lately where, yeah. you know, the music doesn't help these stories whatsoever. It's uh, very... This yeah. is fun. Yeah, it's like, oh dear... I am very puzzled next by the fact that the doctor goes in the TARDIS, but he has to lower himself in and then like crawl down to the yeah. console and then presses a button and everything corrects itself inside. So presumably, you know, every room in the TARDIS and before he presses that button, yeah, everything's that fallen over. All the water, if the swimming pool's still in there, has fallen out the swimming pool. Yeah, Nissa's room is a mess, and because she had a lot of clutter on her dressing table. Yeah. It's a, it's a mess. Also, I didn't, I couldn't work out because he, Peter Davison, sort of does a fairly decent job of rolling along the floor to make out his vertical, and he presses that switch, and then the other two walk in. Yes. But how did they walk in? You from... can't, you can't walk in like yeah. that. Yeah, there's got to just... be a moment where you change yeah. your angle. He's very good, Peter Davison. Yeah. Um, I was expecting a breathless doctor. No, you know, it's, it's a really nice performance. Yeah, breathless thing. fifth. Yeah. annoys me but he, he's I don't think he's breathless once in it no, so I think he's, right. he's he depending on your point of view but I think he is the best thing in this episode he's he's putting a lot of effort in depending on your point of view and what you want out of this episode you might think Anthony Ainley as, as Khaled is the the best thing in it but we'll get that when we when we meet him uh, this is the point so yeah the the the, the TARDIS uh, the the plane disappears the, the second plane because they go up in the second plane to see what happened to the first one and doctor thinks they're gonna go down the same coin time corridor which happens but the that they start getting a signal from um the two guys in the cupboard and the pilots are very smug aren't they they're sort of haha doctor you idiot and they land and at this point this is the point where all that's good in the episode stops and it breaks for me and it's that cso oh I've got yeah. bloody awful CSO. Yeah, terrible, terrible. Um, and they, 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 they're sort of wandering about, and it's so Captain Zepp, space detective. Um, and they realise that if you concentrate hard enough, I don't know how that works, you concentrate hard enough, um, the reality kicks back in, and they're on the most unrealistic 
sort of set since the web planet. It's shocking. It yeah. is it is truly awful. Um, you know, the ground is awful. The painted backdrop with all the folds in it is awful. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so it's no. about four foot square. They've, they've only got the one section. Um, yeah, Nissa sees some, what she describes as creatures, but the shot we see is just a couple of skeletons. Yes. And she goes, I saw those creatures. What, what creatures? Was that is that the right shot that they put in? Um because yeah, they were just human skeletons. How did the uh, how did they gloss over this a bit? How did Concord land so successfully? How did uh, that's my next question. Mm. I mean, the ground isn't smooth. It's not a runway. No. Okay, you got the illusion that you're landing at Heathrow, but your your landing gear would have shattered. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is your nine part as well. One line cures that. The doctor goes. Why is there a runway still here? And then later on, the master says, I had to create that. That's what you got to do. Yeah. And you get away from all this, let's not let's not look at the floor. Let's not do the... Yeah, it, it's very, very silly. And then we cut to possibly... Would you say this is the worst model shot? What, the Concorde? The history, the two Concords. The uh, two... The two gift shop concords. Yes, that I'm sure they, they've been donated yeah. by PA. <laughs> well, I reckon JNT, when he was in the gift shop at Heathrow on the day's filming, he went, oh, that'll save a few quid. Yeah. We just put them on the tabletop, they'll be fine. They're terrible. Yep. It's awful. And then we meet one of our villains of this uh, show, Caleb uh, or Khalid. Or Khalid. They, keep mis- they keep changing the way they pronounce his name. So. Yes, but it's spelled as Khalid, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so I have written here, strange bloke talking balls to a ball. (laughs) And then I've put master question mark. Oh, so it didn't take you long. I didn't know for sure, but, you know, now, at that moment, it's like, oh, is this going to be the master? But what was making me think, no, it's not the master, is the fact, and I I guess I was fooled by it, and and therefore it worked, because what stopped me thinking that that's the master, is, well, this this lingo he's talking. Why is he talking this lingo? And yeah. now having watched all four episodes, and I, I now know the situation, why, yeah. why is the master talking this language? To whom? There's no one yeah, else there. Yeah, there's no one watching. Um, I've, I've seen fan justification of this that says it's to use the Zerafim... Uh, um, equipment he needed to to put the act on, right? And it's like, no, he didn't. This is just this is just really bad writing. Where they there was a tradition at the time of trying to introduce Anthony Ainley as the master as a big surprise halfway through a story, and it never worked um, because it always looks and sounds like Anthony Ainley. It does. It does. Yeah. It... I, I I like his performance here as Khalid. Because it's so over the top compared to everyone else being bored. And he's doing that, and then he, he starts talking. And it's like, is he, is he being racist? I don't know. <laughs> it could be. I mean, you yeah. just don't know back then. He's, but... he's talking in that sort of card Chinese voice. And it's like, oh, I don't know. This is so close. But you say, you, you know, Peter is the best thing in it. I really like Khalid when he's like this. Yeah. It, I, it, it's, a, it's a funny little performance. He, yeah, I, it's straight it's, out of, like, something in Blake 7 or something like that you could see him in. If, he had, if, it, wasn't, if it wasn't the master and this had been just Anthony Ainley playing a different part, 
Ardegar, well done. That's great. Yeah. Because I like. Yeah, I I I'm, I agree with you. I like Khalid. I think he's he's so funny and memorable and different. Yeah. Um, he's great. Yeah, I think I think he's great. I like the look of him. I like the way he he talks. I like the way he does the magic stuff. And he does that sort of uh, that arm gesture. You know, like <laughs> like uh, you know you see now where if like um, uh, re- uh, reality stars. Uh, getting panicky and they try and waft air into their face. Go, oh, yes. and he's doing all that. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think that episode one. I, I'm thinking, is that the master? And then I'm thinking, no, it can't be the master because you know yeah. why would he put be putting yeah. on a performance when there's no one around him, right? So it, I guess it worked. It fooled me. Yeah, it fooled you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. I thought you would spot it because it is a bit anti. Uh, well, later on, I did. Yeah. I, I I knew it was him before the reveal, and I'll mention that yeah. when we reach it. Um, but yeah, as I say, all this is a surprise to me. So it's a surprise when Colin from EastEnders is spotted. I hadn't realised that one of the I, 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 I'll have his Ma- name. Michael Flash. Flashman, is it? He play. He, he he's the captain's you know lieutenant. Yes, yeah, that's um, he's he's so wooden. In He's it's terrible. Yeah. I remember him in EastEnders, and um, yeah. and but here it's panto acting. It's all yeah. Doctor. Look, point point, yeah, it's, mouth it's, open. You it's know, it's really weird. It it it's almost panto acting, like you say. It's almost amdram. Um, I quite like the guy playing. Uh, is it Captain Stapley or Stapley? And I like his relationship with the Doctor. I think the Davison's here needed more of this. Where people are impressed by him mm. um, and I like that but the other guy the guy with the tash oh he's, he's awful just, he's just not even bothering is he? and then when when he when he's saying that Indian rope trick story and he goes yeah it's so an Indian juju man it's like oh no, oh, no. <laughs> oh. we're back there yeah. oh no 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 so I've now written bloke because I don't know he's called Khalid at the moment bloke oh. orders passengers to work Nissa and the flight crew see the M4, question mark, question yeah. mark, question mark. Why out of all the hallucinations, <laughs> the M4. are they show? is it showing them the M4? I know, it's so mundane, isn't it? It's like, we've seen, we've seen alien creatures, we've seen this, we've seen prehistoric Earth. Oh, it's the M4, and that's what impresses them. And they're immediately taken in, it's like, oh, pre-. and she, Nissa goes, it's probably a hallucination. And the other guy goes... Uh, well, it might lead somewhere. You've, <laughs> so... you've not understood what hallucination is, have you? Mate? Um, oh, yeah, terrible. And then we meet um, one of our other monsters. Uh, what? What did? What were your impressions of the plasmatrons? I've put chewing gum monsters arrive. <laughs> right. Uh, as I say the reason I chose this story was because I scrolled down on this website you know that shows you all the monsters and aliens of Doctor Who and I found Time Flight and that's how come I knew there was Plasmatrons and Xerophins and I thought oh that's an interesting look but it's it's just people covered in in, in chewing gum yeah but they've got to the legs and gone should we disguise the legs nah now we're not going to show the legs you don't have to worry Yes, it's terrible. Um, and that's the end of episode one, isn't it? The yeah, because the Doctor's taken yeah. by the Plasmatrons. He's caught by the Plasmatrons. Who, uh, um, and then I've put episode two, Doctor with a bubble bath superimposed yeah. over him. Yes, not, not a good effect, is it? I don't know what they were aiming for. Um, but these video effects are terrible. 
Well, th th this production had very, very little money. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is why you're using things from the gift shop, you know, as, uh, as of effects models. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, th he says that these, th these plasmatrons are creatures made from particles in the air with yeah. psychokinesis. Yeah, psychokinesis, um, which is a very weird thing for Doctor Who to sort of cover. Um, I do like... Um, Nissa, Nissa, Nissa proclaims something and Tegan goes, uh, are you sure? How do you know? And she, Nissa just goes, oh, I just know. It's like, oh, well, you couldn't even think of a justification. <laughs> she just knows. Yeah, these are, these are made out of... of Presumably crap in the air. Yeah. Using psychokinesis. Presumably the masters. I'm guessing it's the masters yeah. doing all this. I don't know how. And then we uh, we meet what could have been a really good character. Could have been quite quite massy or like the you know the one we had last season in the uh, the the village episodes. Um, but this is the most boring character in the world. The professor turns up. Yes. And I like it. He goes, oh, I'm an expert in hypnosis." Yes. Well, yes, and well the, the fact that he's he's a expert means he can't be hypnotised. I don't know yes. how that works. Yeah, he knows about hypnosis, so therefore hypnosis doesn't work on him. Mm. Meanwhile, Colin from EastEnders, yeah. he fights the processing, but bloke, I've put yeah. bloke again because I still don't yeah. know his name, bloke but steps it up, who fondles and kisses the TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> It's a wacky performance, isn't it? But I do like it. Yeah, and I, I still, I'm, I haven't rumbled that it's the master. No, I, I if know. if we had had one of old Anthony Ainley's master chuckles, yeah, then I'd have gone, ah, it's the master, isn't it? You know. I, yeah, I still wonder, like you, who's he doing this for? You know what I mean? Who's watching this other mm. than us as an audience? Who's watching this that he's got to put this act on for? Um, or has he just gone mad at this point? Hmm. As a master, just gone <laughs> completely sort of do I think maybe so, yeah. The next thing I've written, I've put Doctor, Captain and the Professor reach the Citadel. The Doctor finds the TARDIS and the bloke. Khalid, yep, that's the master. And I yeah. think it's as that's soon as you see a close-up of him talking yeah. and talking English rather than that strange whatever that was he was doing. Um, yeah, he, he has a couple of... Um, the way he pronounces words in this scene that you go, that's oh, Anthony Ainley. Yes. Yeah. And the, the fact cunning, that... The cunning um, anagram of his name in the credits didn't, didn't fool me. No, no. Um, also the fact that, you know, if this wasn't Anthony Ainley, presumably you would have had, you know, an actor with some prosthetics on his face, but this is, you know, it's a very Plague of the Zombies cardboard... Yes, yeah helmet that he's wearing deliberately yeah. to disguise who it is yeah very, you're right very plague of the zombies this one I wonder if that's what sort of they went with you know there are similarities aren't there in but also master, yeah 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 I mean you, you know with Hammer it, it, it was we've got no money but yeah. we have to make something and you know here we are the same, same thing. thing yeah yeah, yeah. Got, got I, season. <laughs> yeah I like the way Khalid says he learned his magic in Arabia and the doctors yeah. having none of it you know yeah I learned this in the sands of Arabia yeah did you indeed like, yeah. <laughs> he's sitting through it isn't he? you know that the doctor's just thinking oh come on master yeah <laughs> Just, All right. Just, just give it up. Yep. I wasn't expecting Adric to be back, um, no. but he is. Nissa and Tegan meet him, 
Um, and because they're going to the heart of the citadel, aren't they? Yes. Um, yeah. The, the the master or Khalid, Khalid, he um, he can't get into the the heart of the citadel. He says it's too well protected. Um, but uh, Nissa and uh, uh, Tiga, because they're being Nissa. I, I presume it wasn't quite clear, but I presume Nissa's been taken over by the Zeraphim. Mm. That that they they can get to this uh, this citadel, this heart of it, but the the master throws up something that he thinks is going to stop them, which is uh, dead Adric. How does he know Adric died? That, that that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good from point. his point of view, Adric's in the TARDIS. Yeah, but he's also he also call, conjures up that uh, memory of that crap statue yes, thing. The milk, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then Terry Leptal. I don't know, but yeah. he had nothing to do with the Terry Leptal story. No, so how can he be doing that? Yeah, and I mean the only thing it could be is he's he's probing Nissa and Tegan's mind to find their deepest fears. But the Terry Leptal. That Zeraphim ball is very handy gadget, giving him all these powers, it isn't is. it? It's amazing. Yeah, it really is amazing. I do, it's weird as well that Nissa. So they see the Melka. and now Nissa, Nissa knew that the Master came out the Melka, and it was the Master's Tardis. But she goes, the uh, the creature that came out of that killed my father. It's technically accurate, but it's a weird way of saying it. I mm. think they just didn't want to mention the master. You can't mention the master yeah. just yet, yeah. Because the audience would go, master? Oh! <laughs> yeah. I have written, oh good grief, two-headed snake thing. Oh god, that's awful, isn't it? I've forgotten about that completely. I've totally forgotten that that was in it. Um, weirdly, there's a very famous um, behind-the-scenes photo of that, of when they were green-screening it, when they were CSI. Oh, I know the one you and mean. Seen it, and it looks awful, and you think... Oh, they must be put. They must do some effect to make it look better. Nope, nope. looks exactly what it is—a foam puppet. <laughs> yeah, oh God, that that that's bad. I tell you what's bad and makes no sense is that um, you know Nissa lobs a crystal and all the power's gone, and then yeah. Khalid gets all snotty. Yeah, Swarfiga again, isn't it? This is the era of Swarfiga. But, but this yeah. is just the master in a mask. Yeah, I think he's gone mad. I think this is him just having a laugh. Because, weirdly, his plan is he wants to get into this citadel, so he's kidnapped the passengers of a, a Concorde through time, which are, they're all middle-aged business people, and he's given them a few sticks and says, bash your way into that impregnable mm. space. I think he's gone mad. I think he's lost the plot. So the, the, the Doctor says, you know... The last time we saw it, it was Castrovalva, wasn't it? Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so, so the Master escapes. Somehow, for whatever reason, he is stranded at Heathrow, but 140 million years ago. Yeah. Stranded in the past. Or, no, 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 that's where the Xerophin That's the Xerophin. Yeah, so the Xerophin are there because there was a, a massive war between the Xerophin and someone else. And for some reason, their, sh their ship crashed on prehistoric earth and then the the whole rationale of the master getting away from castrovalva is the doctor goes oh, i see you escape from castrovalva and the master's like yeah mm. so presumably they're not bothering are they? no 
presumably, either because he wants power or his TARDIS wants power, the doc, the, the, sorry, the master knows of the Xerophin spaceship crashing yeah. on Earth 140 million years ago at Heathrow. He travels there and now wants that power source to yes. replace the dodgy power source <coughs> he's got in his TARDIS. So he creates a time corridor to 1981 to yeah. snatch that Concord. Yes. Why not just go and get some burly cavemen? Why not go to the Middle Ages and get some, you know, get a, 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 a pirate ship and bring yes. pirates in to smash it down? Why, as you say, middle-aged toffs yeah. in a Concord to do this? Because they're, they're travelling on Concord. They're probably not going to be the most um, energetic people in the world. They're not going to be brickies, are they? No, exactly, yeah. I don't, I don't know what his plan is. I mean, I don't know whether the, he stumbled across the time corridor and it just that's the end of it but later on without without having to do any anything clever like reverse polarities and things the time corridor works both ways hmm. so why didn't the master just travel on that and get escape to 1980 i guess he hasn't got enough power to to take the tardis up the time no. corridor but he has got enough power to pull a concord yeah, to down pull a concord it. twice down it twice yes that as yeah. well yeah hmm Okay, uh, the Master goes in the TARDIS and vanishes, but comes back because the Doctor's already nobbled his own TARDIS, hasn't he? So the Master yes, can't yeah. use it. We get we get the um, possibly the worst line reading in the history of the show as well. And I can't remember whether it was from um, Colin or the guy with the Tash, where he goes, Nissan Tegan, dead. And it's like... <laughs> Is that the take you want to go with? It's panto. It's panto yeah. acting. Yes. Because he's called Andrews. Colin is called Andrews, isn't he? It's the captain yes. and Andrews. They That's go in the yeah. TARDIS and they hide in there while the master undoes yeah. what the doctor's already done. Um, I, love the, I love the fact that the master, while working, is just, just mumbling and moaning to himself. That's <laughs> 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 Great, yeah. yeah. Um, he also, the doctor spots that this bloody great red cable going from yeah. the master's TARDIS this pillar TARDIS nobody's spotted this red cable before no yeah, he, he, he stood there for a few minutes talking and he looks down and he goes it's an induction loop mm. as if like we're meant to go oh of course that explains everything doctor um, and then they bump into uh, we think we've hit rock bottom but we, they bump into someone that makes the others look like Shakespearean actors uh, the stewardess. Oh, is it Angela? God. Yeah, I think it's what? Angela something. Yeah, yes. What is going on with her? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Mm. All right. Um, yeah, the passengers have taken a panel off, finally. Yes, finally. I mean, it's only a bit of fiberglass, but they managed to take it off and go into the sanctum, and there's something alive in a sarcophagus. Yeah, like a hairy, glowing testicle. I've put tangerine, yeah. all right, not testicle. Shows, shows where our brains go. Yeah. Um, and at first, because like, I... Again, th this is one of those stories where the minute after you've watched it, it's f it's gone. You've forgotten it. So I, I couldn't work. Is that the Z is that the Zerafin? Oh God, have we got a? I've forgotten that they come back later as old men. And it's like, is that what we've got a score? Oh dear. I mean, yeah. I mean, this testicle tangerine thing is an immeasurable intelligence. Yes. Don't look. Apparently, it. don't look it. Does it? Yeah. And no, it yet. It's the Xerophin, an extinct race with immense mental powers, shrunk down by the master. It looks like as they, they come out, ah, the master's got his, yeah. turns them into action men, yes. 
I was looking, and it's like, hey, action men, because you can see the gripping hands. Yes. I always like it when action men appear in Doctor Who. Uh, yeah, so as they've been materialising one by one, the Master's shrunk down and killed them. Um, which sounds like something the Master would do, but I'm not sure what the logic of it. Um, but then, in the yeah, the the luckily the, uh, the the pilots in the TARDIS they they've sabotaged it, and they they move three circuit panels. Now, luckily, they're the three that the Master wanted. <laughs> what are the chances? Mm. Then we get Anathon of the Xerophim appears. Yeah. The whole Xenophon, Xenoph, Zep, Zep, I can't say it. Xerophim race in one body. Yeah. Right? Um, I, it's awful. Isn't it? it looks like, um, do you remember when um, uh, Vic and Bob did the Ponderers? Yes. Those yeah. characters where they had just like blocks of uh, sawmill rubber stuck to their face. Oh dear. I've forgotten him completely. Yeah, he ain't good, nor is Zarak, who t- takes yeah. over. He's like, they're like the yin and yang, yes. aren't they? They're the, the good and bad. He says, we don't need your help. There's a new order that's about to begin. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's very, very um, anticlimactic after hearing about these Zerophim for a couple of episodes to see what they are. No. It's an old man in a leotard, basically. Yeah, it? yeah. And the um, yeah episode three ends with the sarcophagus teleporting into the master's TARDIS. Yes, so he's now got a power supply good enough to do whatever it is he wants to do. Well, the, well, the doctor says, and then he says again at the beginning of episode four, he's finally defeated me. He has no limit to his powers. Yeah. Well, he starts faffing around, doesn't he? For somebody who's got it, yeah. no limit to his powers. Yeah, he seem he seems to to um, not take advantage of the fact that he's got no limits because yeah he starts faffing about and everything starts going wrong for him straight away um, very uh, very silly the doctor decides that he can um, if they can get the Concorde to take off they can fly back down the time corridor mm. um, and that weirdly for some techno babble reason they will arrive in Heathrow before the master so that we then get this really weird sequence where just to pad it out, the pilots have stood by that one leg they've got of the Concord undercarriage and going, um, what's wrong with it? Let's see what's up with it. And then we get this really weird thing where the, the, the guy with the moustache, the sort of navigator, whatever he is, the third officer, he's got to replace the brake links because the, yes. the hydraulics have gone. And he's doing up that, that brake. And I think, you've never done a brake, have you, mate? <laughs> You, that that knurled bit has to go behind the nut. You don't push it in afterwards, and then all the brake fluid starts spurting out. This is what? just this is all all just just nonsense. I mean that 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 Concorde landing gear is not for one second convincing that you're standing no. by a real Concorde. I mean it's well, spray yeah. bright silver. Silver, and they um they go oh we need a new wheel, we need a new tire because this one's gone. So they. They dig a ditch under the other one, and they, they're making out like this is Leonardo da Vinci-style thinking, and they wheel over the two spares, and they're just car tyres. They're car tyres, yeah. yeah. I, I have got written down here, aren't the Concorde's wheels bigger than that? Yeah. And, uh, no, they're just They're off that tire. Ford Cortina we saw yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah, you're right. I, re- I reckon we could find, if we went through a 1980s... Um, Halford's catalogue, we could find those hubcaps that are on it as well. Oh, good grief. Another good grief is 
apparently, according to the Doctor, the Master has turned his TARDIS to look like the other Concorde. Yes. With the real, it, with yeah. the real Concorde inside. I want to see that. Yeah. They didn't have the budget for that, did they? So, do you think if they would have shown that, it would have been the Peter Davison's console with the lights off, with that landing leg next to it, <laughs> and the master looking up? That's a very tall ceiling yeah. in there. That raises a question. I've always thought, you know, uh, the chameleon circuit disguises a TARDIS, you know, to, yes. to look like something. But it's got to be something roughly the same size as... The, the original yeah. TARDIS. So, you know, you've got the that that organ in with Colin yeah, Baker and you've got the pillars. Something, yeah. But a I Concorde the, the, the biggest thing we've ever seen I think is when Roger Delgado turned up in a horse box. Yes. Well that's a comparable but, size. Yeah. But, but a Concorde could that, it disguise itself as a planet? Well that, I I was gonna say you could just disguise yeah. yourself as the moon, couldn't yeah. you? Well no you couldn't because the moon's Oh an no egg. that's an egg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the doctor's going to, but he doesn't. He he's going to materialise his TARDIS around um, the, the master's, master's TARDIS. TARDIS, which is a, the size of a Concorde. Yeah. So would that have looked? Because the, I didn't understand this either. I, I'm presuming the master's done that just to fool them or something. Because why why does the outside of the TARDIS have to be big enough to encompass the? The Concorde when they're not in the same dimension. Presumably, the they you could put that Concorde inside the police box size. Mm. I don't, I couldn't quite work out. I I got a feeling this fourth episode they're making up as they go along. They've run out. They probably run out of script and they're just making this all up as filler. Because um, we then get that really weird scene where Tegan finally gets to use her superpower, which is. Uh, stewardess voice. <laughs> Come along, ladies and gentlemen. We we <laughs> yeah. pa- we'll, we'll be boarding shortly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think the reason the master, you know, transforms his TARDIS into a Concorde is BA said there's not enough shots of the Concorde in Could episode be, yeah. four? Yeah, we need we, a yeah, bit we more. We need another. We need we need more shots of the Concorde, please. And if you could leave the price tag on the uh, novelty <laughs> toy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this value. is product placement, basically, oh, isn't God, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, oh, I love it though. We get we get a couple of stock shots of um, the Concorde, but the trouble is, it's when it's on the floor, and all the removed before flight um, banners have been put back into the parts of the engine and the undercarriage. Yes. It's like, did they land there with that <laughs> on? This is not a good thing. No. Uh, we've got tech. I've put techno bollocks. Um, the the Concord takes Tardis takes off, then comes back, yep. because of techno techno bollocks. Um, it seems that these these panels, these circuit panels, the captain swap round, yep. are the problem. Yeah, luckily, like I say, luckily the the three circuits that the the captain swapped round trying to disable the Tardis were the three circuits that the master needed, but the master didn't realise they'd been swapped. So whatever it was meant the master couldn't take off. So yeah, he he comes back, but he took off okay enough earlier yep. to get round the Concorde. Um, but yeah, so now he gets into one of those traditional deal with the master that never goes right, where he says, "If you know, I'll I'll give you the bits back if you give me the right bits, and we'll have a, a small truce." Yeah. Um, and weirdly, this is all all this conversation is going on. Where there's just this gaggle of passengers <laughs> just, stood there just looking. Stood there. 
I mean, what are these people making of this? Well, it's presumably they're still hypnotised. Yeah. They just well, think, I hope so. they think I they're hope so. in the duty-free yeah. shop or something, Do you think I that's what it is? They're, they're watching these two idiots arguing, and they're going, oh, we always get someone like this when we go on holiday. Yeah. Or, it might be. It might yeah, be. Could be. I love. I love the fact that Anthony Ainley, when he goes to get back into his TARDIS, he goes around the back of the pillar, and he hasn't just stood behind the pillar. He gets in it because the whole thing starts wobbling. Yes. So yeah. it's obviously hollow, and he's climbed in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, it's not the best of uh, of looks, is it? No. So he takes off first. Yeah. But to go up the time corridor, but the Doctor's yeah. fiddled with something, so. He'll arrive after them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how he's managed <laughs> to do that. He's techno babbled it, hasn't he? Because he says he says he did something on one of those circuit boards, which means that they'll get there first, and then they can trap him. Um, but they got to get the Concord up and taken off, um, which is remarkably easy by the look of it. Remarkably easy. It's remarkably easy to see some of Heathrow's buildings yes, out the window yep. in a bit of that footage. I yeah, know there's a citadel, but that don't look like anything yeah, like that citadel. Look, does, doesn't look like uh, council houses behind Heathrow. <laughs> no, yeah. um, there was always a, um, a lot of the reviews at the time were complaining about that sequence because they said uh, a bird flies past the stock footage and there were no birds in prehistoric times. It's like, you've just... Literally, there was a shot with buildings on, and you're worried about the bird. Yes, yes. Um, it doesn't convince for a second, does it, this sequence? No. I would have loved it if they'd have used a model shot with that tiny plastic concord being pulled along on a string across the tabletop. That would have been good. The, um, the fact that we're in uh, the Jurassic period... Yes. Is irrelevant, isn't it? We don't totally see. Irrelevant. Yeah, we don't see one dinosaur yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah um, you could have been on an alien planet. You could have been anywhere. It, it's totally pointless to the story. Yeah. It's another element that's just thrown in there to try and create some interest. Yeah. No. I mean, a, a, you know, a dinosaur attacks the TARDIS. Well, I was thinking the maybe the original concrete. script there was a bit of dino action, but they yeah, didn't have the money, so they just yeah. ignored it. You don't see one creature apart from that bird. You don't see one creature there but at they, all, do you? They could have done it easy, couldn't they? Because they've got that plastic concord. Go and buy yourself a, 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 some sort of lizard from the shop. Cardboard fins stuck to the back. Hey, presto. Also, there's another question in the... Presumably, at Heathrow right now, yeah. buried under the ground, yes, yeah, you've concord. got a 140 million year old concord plus yeah. alien Xerophon spaceship. Yeah, just well, they, to be the, the pilot mentions that, don't he, or, or the EastEnders guy, when they're having the debriefing later on. And they say, well, you didn't find the missing Concorde. It's like, yeah, we did. It's, it's buried, it's over, by buried. The, yeah, over by the field. When you make yeah. runway six, you'll find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, mm. Wouldn't it have been great, though, if this whole thing would have started by a bit of a Quatermassy dig? And they, and they find, find a bit a of a Concorde. Concorde. Yeah, that silver landing yeah. leg. Couldn't afford it, yeah. Right. Well, they could have buried that in the field and had... Uh, a time team fight. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'd be thinking that is a religious item. <laughs> it's a totem, that be. Yeah. yeah. Baldrick's there going. <laughs> it looks like a Cortina wheel. <laughs> um, and the Master's TARDIS yes. arrives. Arrives uh, unconvincingly, hovering yeah. above uh, a photograph again. Yeah. Um, and the Doctor sends yeah. it to Xerophon, where um, yes. he'll be stranded. And the Xerophon can come out of their sarcophagus. Yes. Because and they'll be safe on my own planet. They'll be safe the mas again. 
Yeah, the master won't ever be able. Well, it's the last we've ever seen of the master because he's trapped there forever mm. until the next story. Yes. Yeah. And this is where Tegan was originally going to leave, wasn't it? This is yes. where, um, and, and that's how it's filmed, because the Doctor at no point goes, well, where's Tegan? We've got to go and find Tegan. Yeah, this is of, um, this is negligence of Blake proportions, isn't it? Because every other episode of Blake 7, they would teleport up and get miles away from a planet and then go, ooh, where's Carly? Where's Jenna? <laughs> um, but yeah, they don't, it's not, I think the Doctor secretly wanted rid of her. Do you re I reckon there's a missing scene somewhere where we were sitting there. Said, Should we just go? <laughs> she's gone. Off, she's gone off to buy a sandwich. Well, Let's it's go. chuffing, freezing on that car park roof. You can tell yeah. by their oh, breaths. Yeah. You know, Maybe. this is the day before a big snow blizzard uh, yeah. arrived, and you can tell. You know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't look pleasant filming up there. Um, but yeah, they they leave, and then this uh, Tegan comes out, and uh, it's like, oh, I thought I was going with you. I think there was an idea that if if she didn't want to carry on. They would have just left it there. Yeah, but it makes it all rather pointless when in Ark of Infinity, the next story, she just turns up. Yeah, you know, very poor. Yeah, she's just there, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. she's just yeah. there. All right, uh, behind the scenes, yeah. uh, the working title for this was Xanadin and the Xerophin. Oh dear. Hmm. Um, and yeah, British Airways were given a copy of the script. Yeah. And they did ask for After changes. They laughing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted any uh, that a change to anything that was detrimental to the company, okay, no. including no. one line where the flight attendant, that lovely flight attendant, yeah. uh, refers to the passengers as punters. They didn't like that. They asked yeah. for that to be changed. So they're ha they're happy with the idea that their passengers can be kidnapped. Yes. Mid flight, but call them punters. Step too far. Dodgy. Yeah. Dodgy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this story was the first television story allowed to film at Heathrow. Yeah. And it was the first to be allowed to film in an actual real Concorde. Um, you said earlier, yeah, Anthony Ainley is credited under the name Leon Nee Tai. Yeah. In part one's credit uh, to disguise him. It's quite him. sweet that they went to bothering the effort of that. Well, it's it's not a full full anagram, is it? Because it's no. Tony Ainley. It's an an anagram of Tony Ainley. Um, I don't know if anybody back then worked it out and you know paused, you know, their video and wrote I, down the letters. I sort of understand because JNT, when it suited him, he would often moan that the Radio Times was the worst thing ever, wasn't it? That it would it would blow any type of secret they wanted because it would put a cast list in. So I sort of see the point of that, but wouldn't you also want people to think, to know, oh, the next story is a Mouser story, I'll tune in and watch. Hmm. Or perhaps, no, I don't know, perhaps that was against it. Oh, the next story I think he was, story. no, I think he was more worried. I mean, um, you know, they, they deliberately put um, old uh, Adric's, <coughs> old Matthew Waterhouse's yeah. name in the credits in the Radio Times ah, for no, part one and two. So, you know, fans wouldn't get their radio times a week yeah. before it's transmitted and go, oh, Adric's not in it. Is he going to die this week? You know? Yeah, well, you don't, you don't want all that weeping of the nation, you know, all that grief coming out. Well, I haven't got over it. No, I'm still laughing about it. I mean, I'm still laughing about it. <laughs> you said earlier, yeah, this is Peter Davison's uh, least favourite yeah. stories that he did. Yeah, I've got a quote from him here saying... Um, 
It was a very good story, but we had run out of money. We filmed the prehistoric landscape of Heathrow Airport in Studio 8 with a model Concorde in the back of the studio. The monsters were bits of foam. We didn't do the story justice. Um, and he's, it says that he found it frustrating knowing what they were rehearsing was going to look, and in quotes, look like a pile of crap. <laughs> the story's low budget would explain why Heathrow's airport's air traffic control, as depicted on screen, consists of only two men in a small room. Um, so I think that's what it was. I think they went all fired up. We're going on location. We're going to Heathrow. We're going to do this story. And then they, the money had run out. And then they saw the plasmatrons. Yeah. Then they saw the two-headed snake. Then they saw the bubble I, effects, etc., etc. I just I don't understand the the rationale behind the production office. That the a someone came up with a story that said, um, well, we're gonna we're gonna have two corridors, pre uh, two concourse, prehistoric earth, time travel, monsters. I don't know why that was cleared anyway. Um, and I imagine the, the original story had nothing to do with Concords, and that was added in when they, they got the permission. But to do it at the end of the season, because at this point in Doctor Who's history, and, and really from the sixes, it was really weird the way they budgeted. So they were the BBC would say, for this season you've got X amount of pounds, and it was up to the production crew how they divvied that up. And that's why in like you know Barry Let's time and that you would get lots of seven-part stories because you could. You could divide up the money and get more, more sets for your sort of more dollar, bang for your buck. Yeah, more yeah. bang for your buck. So as as they would film the story, the season, if something overruns, so if something costs a bit more than they thought, it had to come out the next story or the next story. So you would always end up with one what now are termed bottle shows. So you'd get one story that was the low budget story, but they kept this for the one featuring Concord. Yes. I don't get the rationale behind it. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, before we move on to our, all our little tallies and things like that, yep. um, Eric Sayward wanted the master killed off in this story. He thought yep. he had uh, outstayed his we welcome or uh, his usefulness. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think, I, I think I maybe he had a point. I think he had a bit of a point. Um, by this, yeah, the master had been in quite a few stories. Um, I don't know about killing him off permanently, but yeah, he definitely needed a rest. Although, I, to be fair, I always enjoyed Anthony Ainley's performance, even though it was often barking mad and didn't match anything else. At least he was putting a bit of effort in. He seemed to enjoy himself, didn't he? He did as Khalid, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and speaking of that, when he was disguised as Khalid, Anthony Ainley demanded that he be given a bald cap to wear over his wig to protect his own wig. He wanted a ball cap over the top and then the mask over the top. Because okay. he didn't, he didn't want his own wig coming off. No, he didn't want his to lose yeah. his syrup. Yeah. Um, all right. So, adversaries this week, yeah. right? Are the Zeraphin really adversaries? Well, there is that. One of the two is a bit, a bit mouthy. Um, Shall yeah, we do I'm the not... Zeraphin? Yeah, let's bring them in. Why not? I thought we'd do the Zeraphin. They're weird, and that goes against nature. Yeah, it? all right. So, therefore, they're an adversary. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the Plasmatrons. Yeah. And I thought we'd do Khalid I as think well. So. He deserves it. All right. Well, let's start with the Zeraphin. What do you think of the design of what you saw of the Zeraphin? Um, uh, I'd forgotten. I mean, it's so boring. I'd forgotten that that testicle thing wasn't the Zeraphin. When you mentioned before, and I was thinking, oh, is that? I think they don't appear. 
I think we hear about them, they don't appear. I've totally forgotten that it was just, like, say, Vic and Bob in, <laughs> in their Pondra's outfits. Um, I think the design is is just awful and tawdry, and it shows a lack of money. So for me, the Xerophon, they get a two. Exactly what I've put. Yes, agree. And I also give them a two for effectiveness. What do you uh, think? Yeah, I, I, I was going to drop to a one. I thought about that, but then I thought, do you know what? That yeah, that we've had worse. They're they're two old men in dodgy makeup and that. Yeah, two. I'll go with the two. All right. So that's an adversary rating of two. Let's do the plasmatrons now. These blobs of chewing gum. Um, Design-wise, I think, I think, I, I think I've seen somewhere the original designs were, and I know what they were going for. And it was, I suppose, it's fairly—I wouldn't say interesting, but it's a fairly unusual design. Um, I'm going to go up to a three for the design. Oh, snap again! Yeah. Yep, that's what I've put. And how effective were these? Uh, uh, not, not at all. They, they, they look terrible. They filmed them all wrong again, haven't they? They keep—if you—if you film these from like the waist up, and you had smoke effect or dark and see, I could, yeah, this might work. But they just show them in in long shot, and it's just. Their feet are just human feet. Oh, it's awful. Um, this, this. I'm going to drop this one down to a one. A one. Yeah. Well, that's what I've got as well. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so, yeah. Um, so that's a two for them as well. Yep. All right. That's an average of a two. It's a high scoring episode. <sighs> yeah. But now we've got Khalid or Khalid. Yes. Design Khalid. of Khalid with his like dark eyes and rotten teeth I, and droopy moustache. I think. I think we might be vaguely going into racist. Chinaman territory. I don't know. I don't know whether he's meant to be, because he mentions learning in Saudi Arabia. Arabia and yeah. I don't know, but I think it's okay. I quite like his costume. I quite like the design of the, the face and that. Um, it's nothing remarkable. It's, it reminded me a bit of the Toy Maker. Yeah. And I could see if you were watching this and you were familiar with Toy Maker, you might go, "Oh, is it? Is, is he put on weight? Is he?" There's something about him. Is uh, is it Mr. Sin? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. He's yeah, like his that. big brother or something, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give him uh, a run-of-the-mill uh, five for design. A five. So it, 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 it does the job. Well, I really liked him yeah. design-wise, um, and I gave him an eight. Wow. All right. So that's six and a half for design. And how effective was this um, nonsense-speaking chubby I love bloke? I absolutely love it. It's, to me, it's the highlight of the episode. I love the way that Ainley is doing that. Evidently, there's a fan, there's a fan rumor, and I listen for it. I couldn't find it. There's a fan rumor that at one point he mentions Shakadimus and Pliers. No. Yeah, and I was listening. I was like, oh, is it going to be? I couldn't find it. I didn't have the heart to rewind and listen to it. All. I like that all the the mannerisms. I think Andy Ainley is putting his all into this. He's obviously enjoying this much more than he does as a master, because the master is a bit uh, pantomime. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed his performance. I think it's great. I wish he had stayed as this. Um, so for me, this I mean, it's, it's probably going to screw everything up. But for me, I'm I'm going to match your eight with another eight for the for the actual okay. effectiveness. Well, I stayed at an eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave him two eights. <laughs> okay, so yes, so that's. Do you, uh, do you think he would be as as enjoyable, and we would appreciated it so much in a better story, or do you just do you think that it's we appreciated him because he was a lifeline of 
of getting at least some entertainment out of this. I think I would have appreciated him more if, yeah. like you say, it wasn't the master. Yeah. This was our adversary. Can you imagine if this had been one of the toy makers' race or something? Hmm. Or an Eternal. Or, yeah, and it was it was just Anthony only playing a different part. Why not? Hmm. Yeah, that would have been great. I wish they'd have had the courage of doing that. We need a fan edit. Where yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you, how you can, but yeah. All we'll right. just stop watching after episode two. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So as soon as he dead, takes that mask off, yeah. yeah, that's the end. Yeah. I've seen the Swarfiga, that's good enough for me. Yeah, it's just a two-parter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you think okay. that was Anthony Ainley sat there with Swarfiga dribbling? Yeah, I, I saw somewhere that yeah, 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 he, he got in quite a mess. Bloody hell. Yeah. Dedicated. Right. Okay. So, caravan-wise, I mean, yep. yeah, the Plasmatrons and the Xerophin both are at number two, and also at number two, um, you've got a couple of uh, Peter Davison adversaries already cool. in there. But first of all, we've got the Dragon from uh, the Sylvester McCoy oh, Dragon. Right, yep. We've got the human-shaped Gelf. Yep. Right. But then Digital we got fit, yep. yeah. Then we got Mestor. Yeah. And the big head version of Malice. Yeah, I think that's all fair. That's all. And it's weird that they're all, all probably designed by the same people. Yeah. Other than yeah. the Gelf. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, Khalid uh, yeah. lives at number 7.25. And this is an amazing coincidence, right? Khalid. Yeah. Right? Shares with two other inhabitants at number 7.25. Yeah. And they're both Daleks. Wow. Khalid with a Khalid with a Khalid. Yeah. Because at it's seven. The Khalid caravan. The Khalid caravan, yes. And caravan can be spelt with a K as That's well. True, yeah. yeah, so we've got the chase version Dalek. Right. And evil of the Dalek, Daleks, are living with Khalid. Yeah, so he did. He, he scored all right, didn't he? He did, he did himself proud. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be funny after a, like, a year or so of living there, the, uh, the Daleks start talking in that sing song oh, God, voice yeah. as well? I don't know. Is that Anthony Ainley just ad-libbing it? Is that, is that so. an actual script, or is no, he just no, making I, up words as he goes? I'm sure I've read somewhere on the commentary or something they do mention that he was just making all that up. Well, it's very well done, because that, yeah, to me, yeah. is the most enjoyable bit of the story. Yeah, It's, it's a shame, actually, because he... I mean, he obviously he loved playing the master and fair dues to him, but he was actually a really good actor. Mm. And some of the other stuff, you know, you see him in... Um, um, uh, uh, not at the Earth's Core, the other one. Oh, um, uh, people that fight time yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see him in that, and he's he's really good. He plays yeah. a Nazi, well, not a Nazi officer, but First World War German Empire officer. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's been in a few things. He's really good, and then he seemed to just settle for this. So yeah. Fair dues. Yeah. Yeah. He enjoyed it. Yeah, as I say, very pleasantly surprised yeah. by Khalid or Khalid. Um. um Earlier in the week, you you called this time shite, didn't yes, you? Yes. Yeah. Is it time shite enough to be on your bottom no, three? No, it's no? not. It's not. I don't find it offensive or anything, and it's a vaguely the first the first episode and the last episode are vaguely enjoyable watches. Khalid is good. It's just it's just forgettable, isn't it? It's just mm, no one seems to be putting much effort in. No, um, no. But yeah, it's I. There's much, much worse stories. It certainly wouldn't go right. on my uh, bottom three. No, kiddo. Wouldn't go in my top five or ten, to be fair, but... No, no. This is as middle as the road as you can get, really. Yes, it is, it is. Distinctly, yes. Yeah. Um, before we go, we have a shout-out. 
Oh, okay, uh, via iTunes from a chap who uh, has commented on our other uh, podcast on iTunes, MW Bear 72, you might oh, recall right, yeah. the name. Um, but this is the first time he's commented on this show. He says, uh, came here via Mad Max, via Alien, via The Thing. Not even a Doctor that's Who fan, it. but I yeah. like this. Oh, well done. That's, yeah. a, that's a weird path to take, isn't it? Yes, Mad Max, Alien, Thing, yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it, MW Bear yeah. 72. Let us know if you've, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed it and decided to watch some Doctor Who um, yeah, because might, of it. Yeah, might have converted you. Probably not with this story. No, yeah, no, don't seek this one out, okay? Yeah. Go and see The Green Death. Um, yeah, yeah, watch that one. Yeah, one. yeah. All and right. If, seven, if the 72 in your, your uh, name is your birth year, which could be, uh, I think it'll be great. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Yes, yep. All right, so uh, well, it's over to you, Ian, uh, yes, because we've um, got to announce, and we, not we barely got many to choose. I think it's literally one, isn't it? It's this one. Is last, last one. So, although it's a, a very short story to review, it also encompasses some other stuff as well. But, yeah, I don't even think we need a, a hint. We're off to the knacker's yard. Here we are. Yes. Yes, the man in the, black himself. Yeah, the balliard, Michael the, Jaston. Yep. Um, yep. Ultimate Foe, isn't it? I think the two episodes are called. Mm-hmm. Thoroughly, thoroughly interesting behind the scenes, I imagine, on this one. I haven't looked into any of the behind Ooh. the scenes at all. Yes. Um, I remember him distinctly upon transmission and really liking him. Yes. And um, and being floored by the, uh, the revelation, which we'll yes, be talking and, about. And, and that's even more relevant now, because that was the revelation about who he is and where he comes from was obviously back then far in the future, but for us is in the past. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I think I think it'll be an interesting one. Like I say only two episodes really that we'll be discussing plot wise, but he encompasses that whole season. Yes, it? yeah. I, I think I'll check out the other stories just yeah. for the interruption bits, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah alright then well, we're off to the Knackers Yard next yep. time then. Alright. Okie dokie then. Alright, okay. Yes, all right, see you in a week then, folks. Thanks. Right, right. Bye. Bye.